Today I have a special guest and her name is Lucia and I don't really know what to say besides that she was a previous client and she was like the absolute worst. Oh, thanks, bitch. So, (laughs) (laughs) What's up, guys? This is Shelby and welcome to Not Your Regular Coach Podcast. So we're here to talk to you about alternative options, alternative options in recovery, because, you know, treatment, it doesn't work for everyone. It's not one size fits all. It's not one size fits all. So can you, um, you don't have to go into like full detail of your life story, but like we do need a little background information about what <laughs> like is going on and who you are and what journey you went on. We do need, we need a little, a little of that to make, make it make sense. I got you, girl. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so Shelby and I met, like, three years ago now, which is crazy to me. Um, but I grew up in a family that was, like, eating disorders um, were kind of common because everyone felt super insecure about themselves and projected it onto each other. So me and all my siblings and my mom struggled um, with our relationship with food and that just kind of became a way to cope with my anxiety and the feelings that I had about growing up which are deep and complicated and just so much more than about losing weight but um when I was about 13 I started getting really badly bullied in school and it just got to this tipping point where I couldn't handle my feelings anymore and the way that I coped was through restricting. So I was diagnosed with anorexia, and my parents had a really hard time kind of coping with it. They were in denial, tried to pull me out of treatment several times, saying I didn't have an eating disorder. Um, Well, that clearly is not... (laughs) Wait, they did? Yeah. When I was at Walden. So then how did you get into treatment if your parents didn't think you had an eating disorder? Because they can call CPS. My, but who was the one who was like, "Yo, put oh, her in my treatment. therapist at the time." Okay. Um, and they were like, "No, she's good." They were like, "We'll go to this consult, but nothing's gonna happen." They diagnosed me and said I had to start treatment right away. Okay. And they, my mom thought I was gonna be there for like a week, and then I'd be recovered. Um, psych. Sorry, mom. Um, Truly <laughs> not. How it yeah. <laughs> we were all a bit naive then. I have a question. Did you consciously decide, okay, I'm going to be, like, the best at having anorexia, or did that happen as it went along? I consciously decided. Okay, so one day you literally, like, it sounds ridiculous, but, like, one day you were like, okay, so I have anorexia, well, I'm going to be the fucking best at it. Yep. I remember that moment. I was in a um, residential treatment center, because if you have an eating disorder, you understand, like... Other mental illnesses go hand in hand, um, as they usually, like, trigger the urge to restrict or handle food in whichever way you do. But I was at this one treatment center, and I bonded with this one girl, and I think this was the first time I learned about the toxicity um, that's possible when you're friends with people who are also sick. Um, And I felt so inadequate. I mean, I, I had only been into PHP at this point for treatment my for anorexia, and I felt like an amateur, and... Because mm, everyone's like, I've been to res like 17 times. Oh my god, you've only been to the hospital seven times? Like, bleh. Yeah, so it got intense, okay. and I literally remember the moment. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm full sending it. Can you explain the moment? Because I don't know this. 
it was something I was, like, actively thinking about and, like, behaviors that I was engaging in. But I remember this treatment center was also, um... Let's just... What is it? Like, what treatment center are we talking about? It doesn't matter. I don't care. Well, it does because they've been arrested. Who? This is a treatment center that they were, like, trying to... Con- like the. Oh, we're, we're in Arizona? No, that was another one. This Are we was, in Utah? We're in Utah. Ugh, Utah. This was a treatment center in Utah. Guys, don't go to treatment in Utah. No, anything no, is legal like, in Utah. Like, literally, literally do not like go to treatment in Utah. Like, they used to lock kids in the it's basement real bad. when they misbehave. It's bad. There's no rules. Yeah, there's it's horrible. There's no rules as to what staff can do to you. There's yeah. a ton of rules about um, patients. But anyways, I was there trying to cope with that stress, um, and I decided to get really sick, and I realized that when I did that, I felt so much calmer and I felt in control of something. And when you're having all of these emotions that are so big and you can't understand them, even having like an ounce of control is the best feeling on the planet. And Mm -hmm. side note, I'm interrupting for a sec as I do. (laughs) Do you think that had you had not gone to that treatment center, do you think that things would have been different? Or do you think that because you went to that treatment center or any treatment center, like, do you think you would have even comprehended the competition? Or do you think that had you had never been exposed to that, it could have been different? I think that people don't just, like, develop eating disorders. Mm-hmm. I think they have the predisposition. And if I think if you're predisposed and you've had negative experiences um, or, like, big T or little T traumas or, or even just built similarly to me, I think it's going to happen. It's okay. inevitable that it would happen. It's just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. But anything could have triggered me and set me off. I think subconsciously my brain was probably looking for a reason. Right. Because even if you... So let's say, like, now I'm playing, like, devil's advocate on myself. But, like, if you didn't go to treatment, you it's not like you couldn't have compared yourself to other people. You could go on social media. Like, it's not that hard. If I hadn't gone to treatment, I'm sure my relationship with my parents would have gotten worse. Regardless, it, it was bound to happen. Yes. And especially if, like anyone like who thinks that they could have prevented it or has some sort of remorse or regret or is like hard on themselves like don't be like we are sadly wired this way it doesn't mean we can't rewire ourselves but like what you've endured is by no means your fault it's just a shitty situation that I think the best people on this planet like the most caring people and the most intelligent go through. And because you're so caring and intelligent, you absolutely can make it to the other side, no matter how difficult it feels. But I'll get off my soapbox. No, (laughs) it's not a soapbox, because I think this is really... I think this is really helpful, because even for me, it's like... I think there are a lot of people that are really sick, and they're like, this is so complicated, this isn't just because I want to be skinny and, like, look cute at the beach, this is, like innately a part of me and I have to do it like yeah I have to be the possible worst I can be I cannot survive unless I am and I think that is like that seems impossible to get out of and so and I'm sure actually I know you felt this way of like oh yeah well other people can get better because like their problems aren't serious yeah <laughs> right and that's like so, <laughs> like not validating but it's true and but it's not true it's like, conf- the fact yeah. that I'm having this conversation with you right now, make, like, I'm, like, in, I am literally in an alternate dimension. <laughs> okay, yeah. Like, I'm not good. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to our relationship, <laughs> Shelby and I met um, almost, I don't know, almost four years ago. <laughs> no, I think it was three, because it was 2020. 
So she was one of my first, you were one of my first in-person clients in California. Actually, so I got licensed, licensed, whatever you want to call it, certified in 2019. And I met you in 2020. So you, and I had moved to California in like, you were in that June, sketchy August place. Of, yeah, I was in a sketchy place, moving to California <laughs> for literally no reason, besides that I wanted to. Um, and that was in 2020. And then I think I met you. I actually don't even know. Oh, you know how, actually? Hmm. So Lucia's therapist at treatment was like, oh, I, I know this recovery coach. Let me hook you up with her. And that was a different recovery coach than me. And that coach happened to not be available. So she was like, oh, here's Shelby's number. And had that had never happened, I would have never met you, which is okay, weird. Well, that's sad. That's but, really sad. <laughs> but anyways, it's been three years. Yeah, three and a half, I think. It's just really not been good, but now it is. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, kind of. Hold on. <laughs> Let's not I mean, forget we, why you're in Missouri. We shouldn't say that you're like totally <laughs> mentally on, stable. Hold on. I, I mean, are we ever totally mentally stable? mentally stable though no I don't think it's like I said this in session with my therapist today like I think that the intensity of your emotions isn't necessarily ever going to improve but your ability to withstand um difficult things and cope with them improves so it's not like like I'm always gonna have anxiety I'm always gonna probably think about my body but that doesn't mean I can't live my life the way I want to now because now I have the tools that I need to be able to cope with and tolerate um those like things um yeah but going back to Shelby and I's relationship (laughs) tangent this always happens with us so Shelby and I met in 2020 and I was I was wearing a mask when I met you yeah hold on I need to tell my side of the story okay sorry then you can tell no 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 no. then you can tell your side because this is really funny okay so this is one of my first I mean she wasn't the first but she was like at the beginning stages of my in-person clients and I walk up to the door (laughs) I have my like paperwork in hand and like my notebook and I'm like here's the actually you know what I had the workbook I had the she had the fucking eight keys I had the workbook in my hands and I was like yeah like and I don't remember I did lock the door yeah so so I got to the door and her parents were like oh, yeah, this girl's coming over to, like, teach you how to eat. And she was like, I literally will kill you all. Like, that is not happening. They told me that morning. They to- yeah, yeah, yeah. She woke up and they were like, oh, yeah, in um, about 20 minutes, there's a girl coming to, like, eat with you and show you how to eat. And what was your reaction? <laughs> well, I locked myself in my room and I decided I was going to hate Shelby. And I'm like... Like, no matter what, like, you were no like, I don't what. care. I don't care if she's cool. I don't give a fuck. Like, I hate her. said, any bitch who makes me eat is dead to me (laughs) yeah but i didn't really make you eat here's my thing yeah you couldn't (laughs) (laughs) like you were putting cheerios in your sleeves i was and i i you know what i think i think i was oblivious i was oblivious because i want to oh did i i think you? you were the first person to hide food that i had like coached. That's true because you were kind of oblivious to it. For I was a little super while. oblivious. Like you would throw your water into the bush. Do you remember? Oh my gosh, we literally <laughs> had this one time, <laughs> and you didn't even notice. <laughs> oh my gosh, there was one time Shelby was over, and I was literally like at my house. Now I'm getting on tangent again, but I was just like shoving Cheez Its in my bra and like throwing things behind me. No, they were Annie's Cheddar Bunnies. Okay, sorry. <laughs> 
and the, this was before Shelby knew all the places I hid, and I just remember, I was like, I gotta go to the bathroom. And I was like, well, this girl is so stupid, I can get away with anything. And then it, the... I was stupid. The worst part of what happened was I started to love Shelby, and then I started to tell her things. And then I think you started to feel bad for me, because I was so stupid. I did. The Not... I, st- <laughs> <laughs> I did. Because I started telling you. No, I, I genuinely, this is actually interesting, now that we're talking about this, I think... I actually really credit you because I think you've taught me a lot about, like, hiding food and noticing behaviors. And so I think, like, moving on to other clients, that was really useful information. But prior to that, I mean, think about it. I'm a brand new coach. I'm like, yeah, everybody wants to get better. This is amazing. And it's fucking 2019, 2020. Everybody's online. Like, God, no. Like, what are we even doing? I literally think I was, like, using the workbook. Like, I don't know what I was doing. And... Well, first I met Tatum, and I can say that because she's been on the podcast and, like, everyone knows. And she was really not good, but she was openly not good. And then with you, it was – I mean, it's not like you were like, yeah, oh, my God, I love recovery. This is amazing. But you were very – I don't know. You kind of, like, held yourself back, and you were very – like, you were – it was a game. It really was a game. It was a game. That I loved It was a game that you loved. And that is – no, but that's so true. That's, like, the best way to describe it. It's literally, like, playing You're like, a board I need to, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we were playing fucking Scrabble, and you were like, I'm going to win. And I'm going to show you, if you say that I can't win, I'm going to show you that I can. Right. Because don't challenge me. Because <laughs> I can come up with a word that's, like, 900 points. And like, I had never met anybody that was openly like that, because I think, again, like, I'm saying her name because she's literally doesn't care, and she's been on the podcast, and she, like, now basically works for me, but I think with... Tatum, it was very open, whereas she just would be like, yeah, I'm going to have a bite, and I'm I'm good. Like, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing this. Whereas you weren't like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that right in the beginning. We got there. <laughs> but you weren't. You were like, your mom, I literally remember. Okay, pull up, right? Oh, hold on. Hold on. Gotta get bleach out of my hair. We need to just bleach out of her hair. Because, <laughs> by the way, we're dyeing her hair as we speak. Existential crisis. We're just... Hoping for the best, so uh, please pause. (laughs) We're back. So it's a day and a half later, but Lucia's hair came out awful. (laughs) Um, So I tried to bleach it and then put some toner on, you know, like the salon. Well, it didn't really work. Um, And it kind of came out really orange. So today, which is the next day, we had to go get another dye to try to put over it to make it not look like that and we did it and I think I think it's fine she likes it I actually you know what I I take pride I actually think my next career might be a hairdresser honestly maybe no it's actually really sad you just have to have faith in the process because it starts off really bad but or like be one of those people who's like I can fix things when they go wrong like you know what I mean like yeah, you gotta you gotta really because you don't have that much control over what happens. So, no. anyways, I genuinely don't know where we left off. I want to say I should have listened to it. Like that's what someone would do. Professional, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> we have none of that here. But I feel like it was like you just kind of telling the background story yeah. of your situation. It definitely was, and we probably didn't finish either because I don't think we finished like it. Us. But also, like, whatever, like it blah 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 right like it's like, like summary of the story it's like is all the same i've 
been no. through a lot of weird things in my life. Not weird. But traumatizing things that led me to cope with anorexia, um, as I'm sure, like, many of you or some of you have probably experienced. Um, and I've been to way more treatment centers than I can count and have kind of been through every level of, um, you know, being sick and also every kind of phase of recovery to an extent. I'm still working on it, but, um, I feel like I can cover, like, basically 100% of the bases of what it's like to be, uh, have an eating disorder and be in treatment, which is why. It's really, like, I, I feel right now like I'm in an alternate reality. That we're talking right now? It's just, like, the things (laughs) that, like, I'm, it's really, like, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't think you were ever gonna get better. No one did. My fucking insurance, like, didn't believe, like, no one thought I was gonna get better, including myself. Like, it just seemed impossible. I was so difficult. You were terrible. I'm, I'm sorry, honestly. Like, <laughs> no, I but would the put fact, Shelby hold on, hold hell. on, hold on. The fact that we are having this conversation right now is mind-blowing. Like, I swear to God, okay, I'm not trying to, I hope you don't feel some type of way anymore of, like, if I try to, like, at a comp, like, compliment or, like, I don't really feel like you're complimenting me. I, I just feel like we've been through hell and back together. Yeah, so it's, like, so it's not, like, I'm not trying to be like, oh my god, great job, sweetie. Like, I'm just like, holy shit, like, what is happening here? Because I, girl, you're not good. And and now, like, I'm sitting here in this room with you, and I'm, I'm literally an alternate reality because I'm just like, I can't believe we're having this conversation. And to me, and I'm sorry if this makes, I'm, again, I'm sorry if I'm literally saying all the wrong things, but... To me, it's like, if we can be sitting in this room right now, I would die on this statement. I think anyone can get better. I agree with that. And that sounds so cliche and stupid, too, to be like, oh, I was that person. But, like, I genuinely believe, like, if anyone in your life has told you that, like, you can't get better, even if you have that idea in your head, and I know you probably don't want to hear this right now because I never wanted to hear it. That, like, Nobody ever wants to hear no it. No one wants to hear it, but you have to hear it. Life will get better. Like, I can't even articulate it. There is so much more to life than restricting or making yourself sick or doing whatever you do to cope with your difficult emotions. Like, life is so beautiful and messy and painful, but oh my god, it's so much more worth than being in treatment. You really mean that. Yeah, I really mean that. Which is so weird because we've... Ugh. Shelby's gonna freak out. Guys, I was the, literally, I was, I can't breathe. I was the worst. I was such a pain in the ass. And also, like, if you have that ability to recognize yourself that you're, like, a pain in the ass right now, kudos to you, because I thought I was the shit in the moment, and I am not. I was not. Like, I feel- What do you mean the shit? Like, when you're, at like, hiding food, and you're- Yeah, but, like, you're sneaking. Ha Cool. But, but oh, I have something to say. All right, here she goes. This is probably problematic, but ooh, okay. How does it feel? Because right when you're in this, you're like, I need to be the best anorexic ever, right? Or you know, whatever, whatever illness it is. But for you, it's anorexia. So like, I need to be the best anorexic on the planet. And so, how does it feel to know that there are lots of other people out there that are doing the same things? Like, now, while I'm in this state. It's, like, so weird to be able to say this and also to be okay with saying this is, like, so odd. Like, I literally, 
I don't, guys, I think I might have a heart attack. If you had met me before, like, if you knew Like, anyone Shelby listening I, to this that knows you is, like, probably Probably crying. dead. No, yeah. they're probably in the grave. Like, this is, I'm making such a big deal about this, but, No, like, it's not, it's, it's the really biggest big deal. deal. Honestly, like, I feel like care kind of for me at that, and this wasn't even, we're disregarding completely how, like, sick you may be physically, but just emotionally, like, my care was palliative. Mm-hmm. At the point, once you guys, once I met Shelby, I was, basically everyone had thought, okay, this is, this is over. And I thought that too. But now, being here and hearing that other people are sick, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I looked at a picture of myself on my mom's phone. <sighs> I texted my mom, I swear to God, I just feel so bad for that poor girl. I was like, she is so sweet and so innocent and so young. Yeah, and that's how everyone felt, but you didn't. I didn't. I couldn't see it, and now I can see it. And I'm like, I may not love all the things about myself. Obviously, there are plenty of things, like, I need to improve on. Of course. Everybody does. But, like, looking back, I put my thrill... Myself... My thrill... My for myself... I put myself through the ringer, and I thought that that was happiness. I not thought that having that control and that satisfaction that came with having something I knew I was so good at was going to be the highlight of my life, and I thought that was going to be it. I didn't even know these feelings were possible that I'm, like, I'm experiencing now. And it sounds so cliche and stupid, guys. This is the thing. This is, like, okay, we're back. Oh, I think I mentioned Tatum in the last one, but I, but she was, like, my first, like, holy shit, she's not going to get better and got better. And it's, you can't put it into words because it sounds so fucking dumb. Like, yeah, you just have to do it. Like, life gets better. And nobody fucking cares. Like, no one believes that. But I don't know. Like, I I wish that I could put it in like a fucking bottle and like (laughs) because uh, I don't know like how did you how (laughs) how I think that's kind of everyone's question honestly like no one's complaining but everyone I think is a little bit in shock here's the thing like Shelbs is right like you do really have to just do it and I also Okay, here, recognition before I get into my thing about, like, just doing it. Like, I understand the anxiety that comes. Like, I remember sitting in treatment and finishing supplement and then finishing supplement the next day and feeling like, oh, shit, that was easier than yesterday. I remember the overwhelming guilt that came with that. But I can promise you, you have to just build your tolerance to sitting with uncomfortable feelings, no matter how much they echo that to you in treatment. I have so much strength for sitting through discomfort now, and that's what got me through, just doing it over and over and over again, and honestly, like, this sounds so stupid, and of course I'm on her podcast, so sounds like I would say this, but um, <laughs> Shelby, like, I, I wouldn't have made it through, you need, okay, here's Lucia's guide to recovery. But don't, like, like, be real. I am being real. Okay, I just don't want people to think I'm I, like, being literally brutally paid honest you. right she, now. I didn't pay her. No. We're not, me, we're, I wish we're you'd not, pay me. We're not at that level yet where I can pay people. We're getting the there. Market. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. I'd come on so many fucking podcasts if you paid me. Oh, my God. I'd talk about anything if you paid me. <laughs> okay, actually, no. Don't get any ideas. Okay. Anyways... <laughs> Yeah, so Lucia's Brutally Honest Guide to Recovery. Recovery is covering all of the mirrors in your house because you can't look at yourself, and then 
12 months later uncovering it because you don't like how it fits the aesthetic of your room. Ooh. Send. Can you explain a little more? That's really good. Oh, thanks. So, Shelby, when Shelby came to live with me, when I first left, basically, like, the highest level of treatment you can be in. So, I, I came from hell, guys, and Shelby got me back from it. And me. Okay, I'm, but I'm, I, I really, what did I do? You were, here's the thing. I ate popcorn with you, and, All right. and you were crying, and then I held you down because you were doing planks. All right, let's. Like, I don't know how that was life-changing. But here's the thing. It's not, <laughs> it's not even necessarily, like, the rapport that Shelby and I share. It's you're texting someone about how weird this moment is right no, now. No, I'm not. I okay. told them I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna have a chugging smoothie competition with Oh, them. I'll take part in that. Right? Honestly, Shelby and I, okay, side note, we have, we're so bad at going on tangents, but Shelby and I later are doing, we got this, like, gummy bear thing <laughs> in Walgreens, and it's, they're really, like, spicy gummy bears, and there's a certain amount for each team, <laughs> and Shelby and I are competing to see who can finish it first. We could do that at the end. I might not make it onto the pod, but we could try. Honestly, we have to film it, too. We'll multitask. Okay, okay. But, oh my god, back to the point. Jeez. So, recovery. Recovery. You need... My therapist told me in treatment, and Ugh. I rolled oh. my eyes at it so much. This was the best treatment center I'd ever been to. I think, subconsciously, I picked up all of my coping skills from there, but I didn't put them into action because I didn't want to until I found a reason to. And she told me that the only way I was going to get through recovery was through connection. And I thought that was the stupidest hippie shit a therapist could ever say. I was like, why is she telling me this? I don't give a shit. I don't want to be friends with people my own age. People my own age are stupid and lame. I have my eating disorder. It's all I'll ever need. It's the best company I'll ever have. And then, you know what this bitch did? Who I love. She's not actually a bitch. Sorry, guys. She hired me a meal coach. Which doesn't even begin. What is that? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> she, let me tell you, Shelby did not coach me through any meals. If anything, I coached her on how no, to be a coach. No, she literally, like, I do not coach me. Like, what is a meal coach? Like, how we're gonna many? eat. Like, just eat, girl. Like, I know. we're eating. Or not eat. Literally, that was like. And then I would just be like, what are you so doing? What? And then you would be like, uh, I'm not eating. And I Guys, was like, what Why? can a meal coach do about it? And you were like, uh, I just don't, don't want, want to. to. And I was like. Okay, well, that's not a good decision, but, like, whatever. I'm loving this cheeseburger, so, like, suck free food. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay, back to the point. She said the connection was what was going to get me through, and I thought it was stupid. I didn't trust anyone. I have a lot of trauma from interpersonal relationships. I just wanted to be with myself, be sick, and be the sickest I could be. And then this girl walks into my life, this stupid-ass, crazy lady (laughs) who is the most beautiful and kind and funny and chaotic ball of joy that I have ever met, and I wanted to hate her so badly. We were talking about this at the dinner table with my parents the other day. We were literally like, Lucia said to everyone, (laughs) I really want to hate this girl, and I couldn't, no matter how hard I tried. Because she didn't try to take my eating disorder away from me. She was just unconditionally there and said, yeah, you're doing really badly right now, but that doesn't matter. I'm not going to walk away from you. And it's not, I'm not going to walk away from you because I'm a part of your treatment team. It's, I'm not going to walk away from you because I love you. 
And I needed that validation more than anything. I needed to know that people weren't staying with me for my eating disorder. I needed to know that people were staying with me because they saw something in me, because they loved me. So I could separate Lucia from anorexia. Oh. So. (laughs) No, but, okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, sorry. My question is, when did you come to that conclusion? And then what? Because yeah. we, we, it wasn't just like, wow, I met Shelby and everything was fucking no, great. No, it, it wasn't. Because I, I went to my worst spot oh, while God. I knew Shelby. Why me? Guys, why? <laughs> I'm sorry. Guys, next time you see Shelby, if you are her client, give her a hug. Because this girl, she is... But I feel like this is like an ongoing theme. Like, why? Like, why? Does everyone need to be their worst? I don't know. And I think that's probably a question that no one with an eating disorder knows how to answer. I think it's only your sickness knows that, and you are separate from your sickness, whether you believe it or not, and it has a mind of its own, and I think only it knows it, to be honest. It's a com- it's competition. It's It takes a certain kind of person to have an eating disorder, and I don't mean that in like a, oh, you can jo- join the anorexia club because we're really cool. No. <laughs> Fucking stay out. It's the worst club ever. Join a different club. Join any other club. Start knitting. Hold on. Hold on. Now I have a question. All right, here she goes. Because we, I really, I need. You already. I really love the hype. No, but this, like, I love the hype up. But like, we're we gotta stray. My thing is, why? Okay, so you were born like an anxious psycho. (laughs) Thanks, Shelby. That's my coach right there. Actually, J.K. Because I fired her like a year. (laughs) Okay, so she's an anxious creep. And my question is, like, obviously you're going to go for a coping mechanism, right? Yeah. Why did you choose anorexia? No, literally, why? I didn't like drugs. My dad was an addict. And about the time I started coping using my eating disorder, I had actually found out about my dad's addiction. Um, And I had also found out some things about how Lucia became Lucia. And I knew if I didn't want to be anything, I did not want to be what I thought had led to me being a mistake. So I knew that I was going to do everything to stray away from leading to another quote-unquote mistake. So I didn't do drugs. I stayed as far away from guys as I could possibly stay. I was a perfect little angel who perfectly controlled her food and how much she ate in her body. That was... My choice, it was what I felt had been pushed onto me from my parents and my family, and it was easy. At first, towards the end, it was war, but I didn't have to try, and that felt really good for someone who put 120% to every single thing she did in life. I literally, like, I don't know what to say. Okay, here, going back to the relationship thing, Shelby was like, why me? And the thing is, it's not just Shelby. I can't solely attribute... Sorry, no. babe. I love you. No, no, no. But, like... No, no, no. And, like, you don't want me to do that either. You don't want me to sit on no. here and, like, lie. But, like... No. Shelby wasn't... Isn't the reason I'm recovered. Or recovering, I guess. Because there's still... I think recovery is kind of a constant journey that you're going to be on. And there's going to be ups and downs. Just know that. It's not like you get to one point and you suddenly feel perfect. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. Uh, definitely don't feel perfect, but feel like I'm hell of a lot stronger than I used to be. But anyways, I'm sorry. If you want to work with Shelby, she's not going to recover you. You can't. 
She's like, that's unfortunately not how it works. Your parents won't pay her, and suddenly you'll walk out of the car one day recovered. You know, Shelby isn't the sole reason that I'm in the place I'm in today, but she did kind of start a wave, and after being hurt continuously, both, like, physically and emotionally by people... Shelby gave me my first safe word, safe place, like, safe relationship. Like, Shelby was the only healthy way I knew how to deal with my problems. What do you mean? You were the only person I talked to. I didn't have a therapist at that point. The thing is, you need to find a person who allows you to have trust in people and shows you how amazing life is. That's what helped me recover. Is because once I found one person, I started seeing the good and not only the bad and so many other people. And honestly, it really took until I was... Can I be honest? Yeah. Okay, when I left treatment, I still wanted my eating disorder. But I was traumatized as fuck from my treatment center. And I knew I was never, ever going to go back to treatment if I had to endure something like that again. So you need to find a person in your life who allows you to see the good in other people. And not only the good in other people, but the good in the world. And that, sure, there's plenty of bad things and plenty of scary things that you can avoid by hiding and solely, like, confiding and trusting your eating disorder. But there is so much more. And once I met one person who did it, I couldn't stop meeting people. And I wanted to block them out. And I did block them out for a long time. You can... You... If you have the capability to deprive yourself of so much life and nourishment and, like, joy, you definitely have the capability to keep people out of your life. Trust me. I know you know that. I know that. We all know it. Mm -hmm. But good people will continue to seek you out because I guarantee I have never met a person with an eating disorder who really didn't have a heart of gold. It takes a certain kind of person. A heart of gold and, like, really smart and intuitive yeah. No, and that sounds so stupid, and you're probably thinking, ha ha, I'm No, I haven't had one client. I have not had one client where I'm like, uh, this person has no depth. Not one. Yeah. And everything is different. Like, everybody's depth is different, right? Some people are traumatized and really intuitive and know how to be, like, shifty. I don't know. It's just always, it's, it's, it's different, um, depending on the person. So, and that has to be for a reason. Why? Literally some of the best human beings. The best human beings. On this planet. Tortured by themselves. Ooh. I think it's because, or at least for me, I can't speak to everyone's experience. I care so deeply about other people and so much about ensuring that other people are happy. Like, everything that I do in my life, I do with the intention of spreading love and trying to make other people happy. Like, even when I, you know, yell at my parents, even when Shelby and I used to bicker, even, like, when I fight with my friends, I still, oh my god, I'm gonna cringe, but I still lead with love. And I think, (laughs) fucking shut up. And the thing is, I guarantee every person who has an eating disorder It's not selfish. Eating disorders aren't selfish, which is how the media makes it out to be, too, which is so frustrating. It's like the selfish little choice to focus on your body and be like, I want to be the girl at the beach that everyone loves, which, like, yes. Okay, there's a piece of that, but that is, ooh, that is, like, one-sixteenth of it. It's like, oh, my God. Literally, it's so much more than that, and that's the thing. Is if 
these people with eating disorders, like, weren't the best people on Earth, it, like, it would just be about having the best body on the beach. But that's not how everyone feels. Everyone is doing this for a deeper reason, whether they realize it or not. And I think it's the most complex people. And the most complex people have the most experience and the most depth and the most, like, ability to look both inside themselves and outside themselves. And those are the people who are so, like, overwhelmed by their knowledge and their intelligence and just, like, their capability and everything they can do Uh, in life. And it, ooh, and it feels like you're like, why would this be me? Exactly. I don't. It's not me. I don't deserve this. I'm not special. And then once you go through it enough, you're saying, oh, I do deserve this, and all I can do is be sick. Hmm. But there's so much more that you can be. Oh, my god! Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean all I can be is sick? Why? Because if it's happening to you, you feel like there must be a reason. I felt like there must be a reason. Okay. I was like, if I can go through so many of these horrible and traumatizing things then there must be, it must be my fault, right? Maybe all I'm born to do is have an eating disorder. Like, maybe this is my life. Maybe this is all I'm meant to achieve, and that's okay. And once you come to terms with it, that's when you're in deep shit. Because that's when you've given up. Once you're like, yeah, this is my purpose. Oh, okay. Yee. All right, so how do we get, how do we get out of there? Blind faith. You're already so brave. You're enduring the hardest thing you will ever endure in your life, and I promise you that is true. You're at your worst right now, and I promise you, if you keep engaging in it, it's just gonna keep getting worse, and it's so hard to hear that, and it's impossible to believe, and you're like, I'm not gonna be like this bitch who's on Shelby's podcast and announcing she recovered. I'm like... (laughs) Guys, the fact that she is this bitch, you guys, is, like, I, I, I literally, like, I actually feel like I'm on Mars. Like, and I'm sorry if this is making you feel weird, mm-hmm. but, like, I can't articulate how, like, it's, it's not, it's, it's literally, this is the first time Shelby and I have seen each other since I've been, like, in a really good place, and Shelby is here, for the record, just to prove more that you can do this. I literally said I was having a lot of trouble with my anxiety, and I was the one who said, Shelby, I need you to come here and help me, because I feel like I'm going to relapse on unhealthy behaviors. Oh. I was the one advocating for myself. Isn't that crazy? Like, the girl, no, the girl who wanted everyone to make a decision for her. Oh. Eh. Shelby's literally, (laughs) guys, you don't understand, literally... All the only people who will understand is like Tyler and breathe. any of my old therapists. I can't it's breathe. okay. Take a breath. <laughs> this isn't real. Anyways, so I have a question. Yes. Why were you like, I'm literally gonna be the best? Like, I'm gonna fuck all these bitches up. I'm gonna be like Annie number one. And then how did that, how did you, how did you come? out of that like how did you be like okay I maybe I can accept myself if that's not the truth like that's really powerful to me like I it's just confusing yeah, but I don't want to be triggering I don't care if it's triggering I'll say take it out all right well the thing is I was the best <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> like not to be but I was you were the best okay oh this is really bad and I should yeah. not say this as a recovery coach but like you were the best that you possibly could be like you personally yeah so here's the other thing when you're comparing yourself to everybody else it th- literally doesn't matter like it really doesn't because you're not that person and I know this is like blah, 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 you're not that person but no I'm literally kidding. like I'm not joking 
Like, people, I feel like people literally die trying to be better than this other person. And that's, like, I don't know, that's, like, a trap. How do you let go of that identity? And the other thing is, oh, this is, like, I shouldn't say this, but whatever. You can always be, like, that person was worse. Like, you can look at, like, Google. You can look at whatever and you'd be like, oh, well, that person's worse. So how do you stop yourself from being like, I need to be worse than them? Like, do you think you come to a conclusion where you're like, oh, I'm actually literally dying? No. (laughs) Uh, I didn't. And now it's like come back to bite me in the butt, which we can talk about too. But everyone can acknowledge this competition that they feel in between people with eating disorders. But like, people literally told me they wanted to be me. Who? Girls in treatment. Everyone has untruthness at oh, ERC. Oh, no. That's an ego boost, girl. Exactly. So I was like, I Ooh, went from being, everyone was like, I wish I, I wish I looked like you. I wish I could be you. Yeah. And then I, I was, that. I was experiencing that and I was like, oh, this is so great. And then you know what people started to say? Oh my God, are you okay? Oh. Like, you don't look too good. Are you, are you, are you going to pass out? I'm like, wait, what? You, you dropped a level and you can't like participate in grief now like are you okay and then it went to you have to eat you're triggering other people I can't be around you because you make me so competitive and then it got to the point where I was by myself Mm -hmm. and because I was taken away you know I'm I'm basically taken away from my family to go be put in a place to sustain life I don't have any friends Everyone around me is competition. I sit in my room all day reflecting on myself. like, And then I thought, what else? Because this sucks. Because mm. I'm being forced to sit in this discomfort every day. It's not like I'm doing what my eating disorder wants, but I'm not getting any sicker because this place won't let me. And then I thought, okay, well, what else is there? Maybe if I try something else, even if it's the worst thing on the planet, I've proved that I can be a really good anorexic. <laughs> and now I'm like... Let's see what else I can be good at. Oh. Oh. And now... So, so I have a question. How do you think people stay in this forever? Do you think they just never win that, like, medal in their mind? No, I think it's the people they meet in their life. I think... You think people that you meet really makes a difference? I do. Huh. Okay. And even now... In what way? Okay, I'm a nursing student now, um, which is so weird to say. But we're learning about in nursing and how basically when you're um, a school-age child, you learn your social skills and how to cope with other people and how to act around other people. And basically yourself of, your, like, your sense of identity, like going back to like Erickson, you learn it through social interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that stays true through the rest of your life, especially when a part of you gets hurt during that period of time and doesn't grow up. Like, it's going to take an interaction later in life, and maybe you're still kind of that hurt, like, six-year-old part of your your brain is going to meet someone, and it needs to grow still. Pause. It is hard, right? Because I think about this when I talk to clients. I'm like, you're eating disorder, and then I'm like, oh, that sounds so stupid. It's so true! Like, it sounds ridiculous, but I, I don't know how else to articulate it. I don't. But it does sound, like, so, like, but I... I don't know how else to describe it. It's hard. You're not your eating disorder. No matter how mad that makes you, I'm not going to change my statement because it's the truth. And no matter how hard that is to hear it, like, 
a part of me is like cringing hearing it. But um, I think that's one of the most important things in recovery. You're not your eating disorder and you never will be, no matter how sick you get. It's not going to fix anything. Oh, but there is momentarily relief, yeah? Momentary. Of fucking course there is. So we got to talk about that because I think a lot of times, here's the ish. I think a lot of times with recovery, everyone's like, oh my God, yeah, you feel terrible. Like, don't you want to feel better? And yeah, you feel terrible. Like, you're like, I literally want to sleep and sock myself in the head. But at the same time, you feel really like self satisfied. Like, it's like, yeah. Let's talk about the bad stuff of recovery then. No, but I'm saying like that's that's a reality. So how do you combat that? That's what I'm saying. Like that's just true, right? Fucking so yes. how do you so right? So and that's I think what this whole recovery community is missing is like acknowledging that it's true. No, it sucks. It's addicting. It feels good. So how do you get out of it? I can't say it. Okay, I went to bed every night like accepting that I was gonna die in my sleep. If you're at that point in your eating disorder, you're already dead. So what else wouldn't you try? Why wouldn't you give something else a chance? Hmm. If you're willing to give everything up. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, no one has been depressed their entire life. Everyone has at some point in their life experienced a moment of joy. And, like, when you remember that joy, like, for me it was how I grew up spending my summers. Like, you get to bring... The fun thing about, like, being grown up is you get to bring everything that brought you joy in your childhood, and if you want to live the life you want to live, you get to bring it into your life now. Huh. Like, I oh. I live my life so intentionally Hold now. on. Question. Go. Not question. <laughs> Statement? I don't know, but I was talking to someone the other day who's in this realm, <laughs> and she said, she was like, do you ever just, like think about memories like visceral memories that you can remember of like laying on the couch by the fire and just like feeling okay and safe and good and I was like yeah I I do and I think that's where we're all trying to get but we're trying to get there in such a way that's just like so like it's just such the wrong way to get there yeah so you know what everyone's telling you when you're in, you're like, the depths of your eating disorder? And everyone's like, oh, my God, you're literally dying. Like, you're going to kill your liver. You're going to kill your spleen. You're going to die. You're going to kill your bones. You're going to crack. And you're just like, oh, it's awesome. Like, thanks for the info. Don't really care. Well, let me tell you, that day that you decide, you're like, okay, I think I'm over it. Like, not over it, but, like, I think I need to try something else it it might be too late yeah every day counts guys um but I remember thinking and getting so jealous when I was in like my first or second year of treatment and like when my labs like weren't deficient in something and I would like compare it to other girls and I was like gosh I wish I was like that and I kind of went through treatment with that wish I, when I got out of treatment, and you know, things were obviously messy at first, my body wasn't able to make the same, uh, journey that my mind was. Oh, I literally hate, oh, this makes me cringe saying, but it has to be said, because it's true, I have to push past that discomfort. (laughs) That's true. This is me sitting in it, 
<laughs> I'm literally sitting in discomfort right now. Um, yeah. I did a number. Everyone does, you know? Everyone, in some way or another, their body is hurt by... Yeah. Everyone's body is hurt, to some extent, from what what we've done to it. And I pushed a little too hard for a little too long. And I, unfortunately, like, am, am not quite gonna make the comeback from the state my body is in now. Which, when you have opened your life up to this sucks it sucks I am a camp counselor and I was telling Shelby this earlier but there's so many things I want to do with my body like I want to I want to run like not because I want to lose weight but because I want to do this tough mutter race and go through these obstacles with all of my friends because I think it'll be fun in the spring and I wanted to be a lifeguard this summer because I want to be out in the sun and I kind of want to get a tan, to be honest. And I like the way it feels to swim and I want to feel strong, but I couldn't, I couldn't do it like my friends could. My bones hurt at the end of the day and because my heart hurt when I ran and because I couldn't breathe and I didn't understand and I couldn't comprehend why and also like you know, the part of me that still struggles with my eating disorder couldn't comprehend why this was happening. I'm like, okay, I must be sick. I'm like, I must just have a cold or something. Um, no. It kind of came to the point where I was like, oh, I did this. Like, I, I did this to myself. And no part of me felt proud in that moment. Yeah, I felt sad and weak. And I didn't feel as good as my, as my community. I felt like they were all better than me. But for the first time, I didn't feel like I was worse than people because of my eating disorder. I felt because I wasn't as sick as them. I felt worse than everyone around me because of the impact my eating disorder had had on my life. I'm never going to physically have the same potential that I had before. And that sucks, even if you can't recognize it right now. Like, I lost a part of my youth and I lost a significant part of my health along with weight. That's the truth of it all. And, you know, I don't know if I can say this, but the weight came back, but nothing else did. Ooh, ooh. And I think why you were so helpful was because you were the only person who told the truth. You are crying over calories when there are people dying. Get <laughs> over yourself. Stop killing yourself, you selfish little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I did not laugh like this when I was sick. You're oh my stupid. god. <laughs> and, uh, moral of the story is you're fucking, you're fucking stupid. stupid. But it's true. You are fucking stupid. No. Girl, I've been trying to tell you this the whole time. I know, and you were right. We could literally do... <laughs> I love them. No. We could be doing anything, but instead we're sitting here arguing about your spring salad and how much lemon juice we're gonna like it's just like maddening people are like like shut up like this is like are you serious right now like do you know how many things we could be doing but right now and and this is not to invalidate because no and that's not to say that you don't love them either or love the person that you feel this way and it's not to invalidate because i did the same thing like i totally did the same thing and just like 
looking at it from the other side but like from an understanding side isn't like oh my god what's wrong with her like she just needs to get over it it's not like that it's like how do you not see what i see you're stupid because of your mental illness you're not stupid because of you and it's and it's <laughs> maddening right because it's, it's like how do you not see what i see can you name one person that you've met in all of your treatment that you're not like yeah that she had that like there's a special thing about her no, I, I want to slap them all. That's why I don't talk I to anyone can't. I was in treatment with because this part of me now is saying that relationship was so bad. I can't. And also because I want to slap them at times. Cheers. That was my <laughs> fork. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, oh my God. I used to want to hit you. I was so mad. When? When you were making me, when you were trying to make me eat. I was yeah. really like, shut up. Who is she getting in my way? Uh, but I true. loved you the entire time, but I was so pissed. But, okay, hold on. If I had been like, yeah, girl, like, don't eat. This is so funny. I would have been like, like who ah. is this psychotic bitch? Exactly. You would have been like, uh, you wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have been like, wow, I really love that girl because she just told me to, like, throw my cheddar bunnies in the bush. You'd have been like, Okay, uh, that was a few times. No, you threw them in the bush a lot. Ugh, it's not good. Anyways. Ugh, it would I have, have to been talk like, about hiding food. Okay. Oily, hold on, hold on. Oily pockets are really not good. Like, guys, not cute. Shelby, what was my trademark thing? Hiding food. Hiding food. Oh, can I say something? You actually really, really prepared me for the other hider fooders, and and I am very appreciative of that. <laughs> <laughs> guys, if you just heard that, uh, it is my fault. I'm not sorry. No, I literally like the hiding food police now i'm like oh interesting um do you just happen to scratch your tit because i'm pretty <laughs> sure you just Guys, put food in I'm your bra sorry she used to be so chill i did not she, you trained me girl i trained her if i had sex while i was like deeply anorexic a guy would like take my bra off and like popcorn would fall out like <laughs> <laughs> like guys <laughs> i'm sorry no one no one no guy no, no guy athletic. nobody's ever said that here's the thing no one ever says anything you have popcorn in your tits girl if take you take your bra off in front of a guy and popcorn falls out i'm sorry that's it like you're done you should just really like take a second to work on yourself before you get into that situation again because popcorn tits are not cute <laughs> it's not cute <laughs> uh so <laughs> don't do it you know what else isn't cute doing some weird sketchy shit with your feeds and i'm not gonna give you any ideas you crazy ass bitches because i was a crazy ass bitch who would listen to a podcast like this and get hella ideas of what to do Hold on. Can I listen to something? Fine. I remember. Ooh, I will never forget this. I had literally spent, like, three weeks with you, like, bawling in the bathroom, sitting on you doing planks, like, the most emotional fucking shit of my life. Like, I am in it, right? And then I come home, and four days later, you're like... I'm sorry, Shelby. There's just nothing you can do that's going to make me want to recover. <laughs> I said that? Yes. Oh you were God. like, I'm just never going to recover. I'm sorry. And I was like, oh. I literally was like, oh, all right. <laughs> and then, 
yeah, you were like, I'm sorry if that upsets you. And I was just like, okay. You, I think you also, actually, I do vaguely remember this, and I think you said, like, I'm not going anywhere. And I think I tried to argue with you about it. Interesting, because I feel like most people, and, and including me now, I feel like I would be like, all right, well, see you never. But that was what I needed. Because you were literally like, I'm not going anywhere. And I was like, I'm going to push you away. And you're like, uh, I'm not going anywhere. Here's the thing. It's almost like you were asking me to be like, okay, well then fuck off. Yeah. Because then you would be like, oh, I don't want to fuck off. So like, maybe I should try. But if I'm like, oh my God, girl, I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, you don't want to get better? Like, come over tomorrow. Mm, not the answer. Not the answer. But also, the problem was I genuinely cared about you, and I could tell that my eating disorder, like, impacted you. Obviously, it like, every client you have with an eating disorder, it impacts you. Like, I could tell that, and I was like, fuck, I'm hurting her. And I was like, go away. And she, no, I'm not going away. Don't come visit me in the hospital. I'm coming to visit you in the hospital. Like, no, don't drive me to these doctor's appointments. Well, I'm actually going to drive you to these doctor's appointments. Like, I don't know where I was going with that, but... You're the shit. No, no, no. But when is it good and bad? Because at oh, some points it's like... I think it's contingent on the case. Okay. I think... Like I said, treatment isn't one size fit all. Therapy isn't one size fit all. And obviously, the relationships you have with those who help you through recovery, like, isn't one size fits all. It's going to look different for every person. And that's why I can't give you, like, a guidebook on what to do. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's true. I can't. Here's what I can tell you. Rexies don't get laid. Oh my god. Rexies don't drink. Oh no. Rexies don't get to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Rexies don't have friends. Oh my god, that's not true. Rexies don't go to school. Yes, it is true, bitch. Kinda. Rexies. It's kind of Rexies don't have hair. At least not where they want to have hair. Ooh. Rexies don't get their period. And you know what? That might seem fun for a little bit. But when you want to have babies, it's going to suck. And if you don't want to have babies, that's okay. But if you do, eat your food. You know what Rexies also don't get? Warmth. (laughs) 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 I... Can I... I, No. I have to... I am wearing one pair of socks right now. Do you realize how epic that is? Epic. And I'm not wearing gloves. Epic. I literally told Shelby before she came here, and she can vouch this. Uh-huh. I was like, I can't wait for you to, like, see this other side of me. It's like, almost like I can't wait for you to meet me. 